communion or the Lord's Supper has its origin in the Passover meal that was to be shared that very first night when God set the Hebrew people free from slavery. So it has its origin way back then in that very first Passover meal. And Pharaoh had been told that the first, sorry, what the final plague would look like, that the Lord would strike down the firstborn son of every family in Egypt. And although there had been nine previous plagues, all declared and then fulfilled, still Pharaoh refuses Moses' request to let the people go. As Pharaoh was considered by himself and his people to be the God of Egypt, then this was a power encounter that he just refused to yield. Pride still held sway over humility. We're going to share in our reading from uh, Exodus 12. Thank you, Hugh, if you'd uh, bring that to us. Good morning. Exodus chapter 12, we're going to read the first seven verses and then verse 12 and 13. Sometime later, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This month is to be the first month of the year for you. Tell the people of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, the head of each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for his family to eat. If any family is too small to eat the whole animal, they must share it with their next-door neighbours. Choose either a sheep or goat, but it must be a one-year-old male that is nothing wrong with it. And it must be large enough for everyone to have some of the meat. Each family must take care of its animal until the evening of the 14th day of the month when the animals are to be killed. Some of the blood must be put on the two doorposts and above the door of each house where the animals are to be eaten. And then down to verse 12. That same night I will pass through Egypt and kill the firstborn son in every family and the firstborn male of all animals. I am the Lord, and I will punish the gods of Egypt. The blood on the houses will show me where you live, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Then you won't be bothered by the terrible disasters I will bring on Egypt. Thank you. Last week, Miles spoke from Exodus 11 and he reminded us that God is a God of justice and of mercy. Justice would be served in Egypt as she had treated God's firstborn, the Hebrew people, so poorly And the Hebrew people would realise the mercy of God as he would step in to give them what they didn't deserve. As Miles said, when God killed the firstborn, he demonstrated his ability to kill everyone and show the Egyptians that he has absolute power to judge them finally and completely. He held in his hands the key the keys to their very life and death. All the while, the Hebrew people 
would understand God's mercy as he delivers them. And so here in chapter 12, we see the fulfilment of Moses' prophecy, his his proclamation of the tenth and final plague. But we also see the birth of a nation, Israel. The Hebrew people have been living in Egypt some 430 years. Initially, Joseph's family were welcomed with open arms and they were told to settle in the region of Goshen. However, as the population multiplied, they became a threat to Egypt's stability and so they were forced into slavery. God, however, is about to take this growing rabble and begin to form them into a nation, rescuing them from slavery, revealing to them that he is the only true God. Verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. This is a new beginning. A new day has arrived. Israel will no longer recognise the Egyptian calendar. They, this, this marks a, a time-defining moment in their development as a nation. You are, it's as if the Lord was saying, you are now on a different trajectory to the nation of Egypt. You will even have your own calendar. This is the beginning of something new. Similarly, the moment that you became a Christian, whether you can remember that date or not, that was the beginning of your new life in Jesus Christ. You moved from death to life and no longer living according to the flesh. And if you remain steadfast in your faith, your calendar knows no end. But for the Hebrew people, this also marks the commencement of a lasting memorial that would define them as the people who belong to God. Tell the whole community of Israel to honour the Lord in this way. And then in verse 14, this is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. This was to be a perpetual memorial to be conducted and observed every year from this point on. And so Moses then gives them their instructions from the Lord as to how they are to conduct their their very first memorial celebration. And the responsibility of being saved was being placed upon them. If they chose not to follow the directions, they would not be saved. But in choosing to obey, they're demonstrating their faith in God to protect and deliver them. As you and I choose to obey, we demonstrate our faith in God to deliver and protect us. And so on the tenth day of this month, they were to select a lamb or a goat without defect, approximately 12 months old, care for it for four days, and then on the fourteenth day, 
slaughter it at twilight, just on sunset. They were to place some of the blood over their doorposts, eat the roasted meat, the bitter herbs, the bread made without yeast. They were also instructed to eat with their cloak tucked in, sandals on their feet, staff in their hand. They were to eat in haste. They were to get indigestion. But this was the first time that they had ever done anything like this. It must have been rather confronting. Some of the directions were rather strange. And some of them probably thought, I'm not sure that I want to spray blood over the entrance to my house. Can't we sit back and enjoy the meal? Do we have to rush it? Can I put my slippers on? But I guarantee you that if you were the firstborn son in your house, you would have been checking and rechecking and double-checking, triple-checking again and again that Dad had fully followed the directions, that Dad had not missed anything out. Without exception, he'd followed the letter of the law. Why? Because the Lord had said in verse 12 and 13, on that same night I will pass through Egypt and I will strike down every firstborn of both people and animals and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are and when I see the blood I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Death was about to visit the neighbourhood. Death visits the neighbourhood of Toowoomba every day. But death was about to visit their neighbourhood. Only the blood of a lamb or a goat would save. It didn't matter how nice the people were, how good they were, how rich or important they were in their society. It didn't matter how religious they were. The blood will be the sign for you that I will pass over you. Only the applied blood had the power to save the coming destruction. And I'm sure that based upon the experience of the previous nine plagues, the Hebrew people had no hesitation in taking Moses' words to heart. We believe you and we'll trust you. You and I have also known the relentless, unwavering faithfulness of our God. That's been our experience. You and I know him to be absolutely dependable. We have known him to be true to his word. We have known his comfort, his peace, his encouragement, protection, provision. You and I have no reason whatsoever not to trust our future into God's hands. God's faithfulness in the past assures us of his ongoing faithfulness, his dependability. 
And so some 1,600 years later, Jesus is celebrating this Passover memorial feast with his 12 disciples. The Hebrew people have continued to observe this lasting ordinance and today we refer to it as the Lord's Supper. And it was here at this first occasion with Jesus with his disciples that he explains that a new day is coming, a new day was, has arrived, that this would effectively be their last memorial Passover. A new covenant in Jesus' blood was about to, be, to do away with the old sacrificial system. In its place, we now, now celebrate the Lord's Supper. In Luke 22, we read, When the hour came... Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Eagerly. Longed for, desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For again, I tell you, I will not drink from it the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. And as Jesus and his disciples took the roasted meat and ate it, along with the bitter herbs and the bread that was made without yeast, as they took the four memorial cups during that meal, Jesus' words must have been very confusing to his disciples. He was telling them that he was going to become the sacrificial lamb, that his blood would be shed, not just for a year, but for all time. But unlike the first Passover where the people had to prepare the the sacrifice, this time God makes all of the necessary preparation. Initially, a lamb without defect was to be found. Now, God provides his one and only sinless, perfect son as the eternal sacrifice. If death is the wage to be paid for sin, then Jesus should never have faced death because he's without sin. But he chose to die. He chose to die in our place, in your place, in my place. He chose to pay the price for your sin and mine, cancel out the debt. In his great mercy, God prepared the way for us. God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. We are saved by grace. 
Initially, at that first Passover, the blood was to be applied over the doorpost and the plague of death would pass over it. The writer of Hebrews wrote, Jesus entered the most holy place once once for all by his own blood, his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. He also wrote of the Old Testament law that it required that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. Peter also wrote, You were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The blood of Christ has redeemed you. The Old Testament law finds its fulfilment in Christ as he has written a new covenant signed with his blood. And so as we come under the saving blood of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, we are redeemed. See, you and I were born into the bondage of sin. And Satan wouldn't release his grip on us until God made it personal. Until he sacrificed his perfect son on a blood-splattered arms of a cross. The price for our sin has been paid and we're saved from the punishment, the penalty of our sin. Praise God. Doesn't matter how rich, how nice, how good, how religious you are. Doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church or what you might have done in your efforts to serve God. The only thing that matters is if you accept that Jesus' death has paid the price for your sin. If you accept that Jesus' blood has saved you. Do you recognise Jesus' blood has paid the price for your sin? We're about to share in the emblems together, so you might want to get the emblems ready. And if you're watching this online, you might like to pause the video and get your emblems ready too. the Apostle Paul directed the church in Corinth. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival with sincerity and truth. It's in 1 Corinthians 5. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival with sincerity and truth. And as we do, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
Jesus said to his disciples, For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is everywhere that Jesus reigns. And he reigns in your heart. I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. Every time that we share in this way, we commune with Jesus and he with us. Our Lord and our Saviour, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This bread, this wafer, this represents Jesus' broken body. As you eat it, give thanks. In the same way, after supper, our Lord and our Saviour took the cup and said, this is the cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. This cup represents Jesus' blood, freely given for the forgiveness of your sin. Signing the new covenant. Once again, as you drink it, give thanks. Father, we thank you for this, the Lord's Supper, this time of communion. We thank you that each time we do this, we commune with you. Jesus communes with us. We thank you that we've been reminded of the, the supreme sacrifice that Jesus made as he died on the cross. We thank you that we are delivered, we are redeemed, we are forgiven. Uh, once again, we do ask for forgiveness for our sin as we confess it before you. And we thank you that as we ask, you have forgiven us and you have removed it as far as the east is from the west. We thank you that Jesus was obedient to you. Help us, Father, to be obedient to you. To live our lives to bring honour and glory to you. So we give you our praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Now the Hebrew people were told to eat in haste. They were to be ready to leave the land in an instant. Eat in haste. Be prepared to leave. 
No one in this room knows when the time of death will come. Are you prepared? Do you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died and rose again? Do you accept that Jesus' death has paid the price for your sin? Is Jesus your Lord and your Saviour? If you've not made that confession, if you've not acknowledged Jesus as Lord and Saviour, then you will not be saved. Should death come your way this afternoon? And so I implore you, don't be like Pharaoh. Don't be playing games with God. I implore you, don't risk it. This may be your final chance to get things right with God. We don't know. But if God is prompting you by his Holy Spirit this morning, then I again implore you, ask you to respond. Acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Saviour.